Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Get Level Sessions. So on this podcast, we're going to be bringing in guests to have deeper conversations to help our guests share more details about a specific topic. So if there's anybody out there listening and you have a message or a story that you want to share, reach out, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. My name is Josh Hall and joining me uh, during this journey for the Get Level Sessions is Kyle Schweitzer and Caitlin McAslin. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. I'm excited for what's happening with this show because like you just said, it's it's going to have a mixture of, of messages, a mixture of different types of uh, content that we can share through the community, whether it be sporting events, whether it be politics, whether it be any types of news, whether it be what we're going to discuss today, you know, so a lot of different uh, things and avenues we'll be able to take with this show. Yep. I'm hoping uh, we'll have a lot of different guests come on this show throughout time and, and we'll get to meet a lot of, you know, interesting people, hear a lot of very interesting stories, um, learn a lot of good information about the community and what kind of resources we have here. Yeah, I think one of the cool things is if somebody just has a one-off message, they can come on this one and share it. They don't have to have their own whole podcast. I think a lot of stories fall through the cracks. That way they don't feel like they have um, a way to get their story out, and this really opens the door for that. That's a really good point because, yeah, someone can be maybe overwhelmed with the thought of having to come out with content every week or every other week or maybe not even a, a whole series, you know, like you just said. So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity for us to have our own interviews. So not only can people reach out to us and say, hey, I'd like to come on the show and share my story. We can reach out to other people and say, hey, would you like to come on and share your story? Because I heard about you, you know, through whatever avenue it might have been. And I'm very interested. want to get it out there for everybody to hear. So, well, what do we have up for this one? Okay. So for the first episode, um, I sat down and had a conversation about Mental Health Awareness Month, which is right now in May. Um, so I was joined in studio with, uh, by Miles Riley and Gwen Malquit. Now, they're both from Community Mental Health Care right here in Tuscarawas County. And we also had Jody Salvo in the studio that day. Uh, Jody is the Director of Substance Use Prevention Services at PFCS, Personal and Family Counseling Services. And she also coordinates the Anti-Drug Coalition in Tuscarawas County. Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's mouthful. a mouthful. <laughs> But um, so needless to say, I was completely surrounded by subject matter experts that day. That's awesome because I think with this subject matter specifically, I think there's a little bit of a stigma on talking about mental health or a little bit of misunderstanding. I know that they've been you know, trying to get the word out and trying to get, uh, you know, just more awareness about mental health and what it means. Cause I, I think that, you know, movies tend to define mental health in a, in a not, a realistic way, or we always tend to lean toward the extremes of what mental health or mental illness is. So I'm excited to uh, hear what they have to say and, you know, what, what we can learn from them. Yeah, this conversation is really going to break down a lot of misconceptions about that conversation of mental health. Um, we talk about, you know, warning signs, uh, different types of mental health issues that people can experience and how really we all experience mental illness. On, on some level or another. So the conversation is very interesting. Yeah, I would agree. I, like you said, the stigma and the stereotypes, I think we're starting to see it a little more than we used to, um, but it's still like people really shy away from it or they'll only want to tell you part of their story. And I think the best way to learn is from hearing everybody's story and know that somebody else is going through that same struggle. Yep. All right. So after we listen to this conversation, uh, the three of us will come back. We're going to kind of just discuss what we heard, what we learned, because uh, we discovered a lot of new things during this interview, during this process. So it's very interesting, and we're really excited to bring it to you. 
Uh, so here we go. We'll go over to the conversation. Um, so we're really excited today. We've got our first few guests in here. We've got Gwen Malkwit and Miles Riley from Community Mental Health Care, and they're coming in to discuss, Miles, it's called? This is Mental Health, Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, May uh, is Mental Health Awareness Month, and um, just talking about some of our services, some of the services that are available in the community, um, and some of the barriers uh, that people face um, in the world of mental health, um, both accessibility and, and just some um, misconceptions. Um, basically want to leave here today uh, with people having a better understanding of um, you know, what it takes to walk through the door or make a phone call in this case uh, these days uh, to talk to somebody uh, uh, professional. All right, excellent. We also have Jody Salvo from the Anti-Drug Coalition. Hey, Jody. Hey, how are you doing? We're good. Great. We're good. So I'm going to kind of take a backseat here. I'm going to let you guys run the conversation. Um, if I have any questions from my standpoint, I'll jump in. Uh, Jody as well. So we'll just kick this thing off. Miles, uh, Gwen, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. You glad to be here, Miles? I'm always having a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is uh, conversations we should be having all the time, you know, about mental health and substance use and um, awareness, but May kind of gives us a nice stage to, I think, talk about things that, that maybe you know, would otherwise go untalked about, but uh, I think mental health has really been uh, kind of front and center lately with COVID. Um, I think there's been a lot of uh, speculation that, uh, you know, this is really having an impact on people now, but also, uh, you know, in the months to come, uh, what's going to surge and what's really going to be uh, the needs for people. Uh, so I think it's a good time to talk about access. Now, before we jump into that, though, what, what are your roles uh, at CMH? <clears throat> I'm uh, the director of marketing and fundraising. Um, and I'm the clinical director of okay. our behavioral health services. Right. And I'm going to throw a question out there um, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. But what does that entail? When we say the word mental health awareness, what kind of issues are we talking about there? I, I think that it can encompass uh, any type of, of mental issue that, that someone's having. Um, I mean, I think it encompasses substance use. Um, you know, mental illnesses run the gamut, right, from, you know, mild things that anyone might experience to more severe issues, uh, which Miles and I have been talking a lot about, the kind of that end of the spectrum uh, lately. Um, yeah, I think it encompasses everything. So yeah, from th- depression <clears throat> to anxiety to adjust, adjusting to new life situations? Yeah, and I think um, one of the things is, is this month allows us to talk openly about what mental health is, um, and more specifically, just educating people on, on what that looks like. Um, some people, you know, when I'm at the booth and walk by and they – People like hit their husband. They'll say, "You need this. You need some mental health care." And they all laugh and they'll keep on walking. Um, and it's it's all lighthearted, and I get it. But you know, those are the people I'd like to pull aside and say, "You know, what you're saying is uh, you're kind of brushing it off. Eh, that's not great." Because um, inside, I'm kind of dying when you say that. Because I know that mental health doesn't have to necessarily be uh, you know that high end of the spectrum where we're talking about severe mental illnesses. Uh, like schizophrenia uh, can be a very severe uh, condition yeah, yeah. Um, as just a good example where on the other end of the spectrum, you have somebody who, you know, it could be a loss of a pet, loss of a grandparent, loss of a parent, uh, loss of a job. Um, 
you know, right now with, um, I know unemployment has been uh, a real challenge for people trying to get unemployment. People are waiting months going, how many months now without a paycheck coming in? That's a whole another yeah. level of stressors, um, especially if you have a family that you're supporting. Um, and those kinds of situations and those mental places are all new for most of us. Uh, I know we did have a recession, obviously, in 2009. Um, some of us were working age at that, age at that time. Some of us were, were still in school and, and just now finding this in the workplace. Um, so this is new for a lot of people. Some people have been through it before, but not quite like this. Obviously, this is very new. Um, but along with that, you get a lot of new, uh, <clears throat> I think maybe not necessarily new um, mental health issues, but maybe those mental health issues are being brought to the surface a little bit more. Um, so if somebody were you know, was dealing with anxiety uh, and getting through life okay, and all of a sudden you hit a wall, that anxiety that you had could get to an unmanageable situation where you're it's inhibiting your ability to be positive in the day, uh, to, um, you know, put a good front on in front of your family and, and, and be the strong one to, to lead your family if, you know, if you're a parent um, or a child can lead a family as well. Um, but it's it's just a time where people are getting pushed against the wall, and I think uh, some of those underlying conditions could also be uh, getting pulled up to the surface. But all so. that experience is, is really subjective, you know. Sure, 100%. You know, I mean, it, what might be a, a total... A walk in the park for one person is, is a total disaster for another. Uh, and, you know, it's, I, I think we tend to focus on what's right down the middle of the road, uh, and things that are on one extreme or the other uh, tend to get overlooked. So, you know, people that are maybe experiencing something that's eh, maybe not that big a deal to, to most, uh, but is, you know, really affecting them, or people that are really in severe situations. I mean, it's easy to commiserate with that which is familiar uh, to the to the you know to the majority of us, um, but you have people that are you know all over the place, different right. experiences. And well, I, you hear the governor and you hear Dr. Acton and and everybody talk about um, you know alcoholism on the rise uh, during this time, and um, people who are in treatment struggling to continue that treatment because they don't have their group therapies to go to. Um, they're not able to meet with their counselor in the way that they were used to, and you, and. During that recovery process, I think you really rely on consistency. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're throwing a big stick of dynamite into your, your pattern. Um, so when they're talking about uh, mental health issues on the rise um, or alcoholism on the rise or drug use on the rise, it what does that mean? Um, I think it means two things. One, yeah, you're sitting at home a lot. Not a whole lot, you know. If you play Call of Duty, can't play Call of Duty all day. Um, at some point, you're gonna have to take a break. I could play Call of Duty all day, but um, <laughs> no, it's it's you're really set sitting there with your own thoughts, and and sometimes uh, that can be overwhelming. And and reaching for a a beer or a drink can be pretty easy to do, um, and that's not not unhealthy. It can be okay to responsibly enjoy those things, but um, if you're if you have a disposition where um, those things become a crutch, uh, then you have a real problem. And we are seeing an increase in that during this time. I think it matters, too, who you're quarantined with. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, talk about healthy faces and healthy yeah. places. I mean, if you're kind of trapped indoors with maybe, a, you know, a family system that's pretty dysfunctional, 
it's hard to get away from it like maybe you normally would. Yeah. And what about the rise, the reports of the rise in child abuse or domestic abuse? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, during this time. Yeah, that's that's been a. I know we've we've had that on our our crisis hotline, uh, an increase in calls, uh, individuals that. Uh, yeah, I mean, husband's home, they're home, kids are home, uh, and they're just kind of stuck. And how do you even make a phone call? Uh, you know, safely if that person's just kind of hanging around. But, uh, you know, and that just leads to a whole host of other problems. You know, children uh, maybe normally in school are now at home and now they're witnessing, uh, you know, violence in in the family. Boy, that just tacks on a whole lot of risk factors. Uh, You know, we talk about that circle of violence, that circle of risk that, you know, children that, that see these, uh, these these things in their childhood see violence, see mom and dad, uh, you know, beating on one another, drug use. Uh, then they grow up with their own issues, and then that cycle just continues. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot more far-reaching tendrils of this uh, that that we'll see we'll see them in the future if if we're not really I think vigilant about helping people address them now. Yeah. Um. I think also, uh, I think we're kind of doing it without realizing it, but going back to that original thought uh, that I was speaking on where mental health does have, we're trying to define it, mm-hmm. but we're having a, a really heavy conversations in a really short amount of time, um, but trying to address them all. Um, you know, one of the things about, we get this question a lot. Um, if somebody were to come to uh, community mental health care or to PFCS or any other agency, we hear, we all hear the same question. Um, what does it look like when somebody walks through the door or make that phone call? And after they say hello, that changes immediately depending person. on for each yeah. person. Um, it depends on where they are. Uh, you know, if it's a crisis situation, it depends on um, they're calling on behalf of somebody to learn more. It depends on if they want to just talk to a counselor or if they need want to be with a, a psychiatrist, you know, it depends on what there are, what their issues are. And we do try to get some information over the phone, make sure they get placed with somebody who can do it. Uh, 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 it's the right fit. The right fit. Yeah. Right. Um, so what that looks like is different for everybody. I think what most people f- will find who, who have um, come into a facility or tr- into a treatment program, not even treatment program, just talking to a counselor, um, you'll find that the first day, the first 15 minutes is the scariest 15 minutes while you're waiting for that counselor to come out of their office, yeah, you gotta, call your name, yeah. and then you the meet that person and you go, oh, this person's just another person. A human. Yeah, and they actually, <laughs> you know, their job is to not make you feel uncomfortable. Right. Uh, quite the opposite, and they're really good at that. That's their profession. Um, so once you get past that, when you're walking down the hallway to the office, all of a sudden that fear drops away. And now you've made the choice, you've made the call, the hard part. You've walked through the front door, the really hard part. And now you're walking down the hallway and it's a lot easier. You've kind of you've kind of jumped down the slide and you're you're going in the right direction. Right. Um, <clears throat> another thing I think um, just talking about accessibility to care, um, some things that I see um, are people who came in, they met with somebody, they didn't really connect with that person, and they don't come back. Um, and I think Again, as Mental Health Awareness Month, 
uh, is an education opportunity. Uh, one of the big things that I always tell people, if you don't like that person um, or aren't comfortable with them, uh, f- you know, if you want to talk to somebody else, somebody younger, somebody older, man, woman, whatever it is, that is a request that you just, you can tell your counselor. They will not be offended. You can tell the front desk. You can desk. tell the front desk. You can call me. You can call you can me. Call Miles. Yeah, you can call anybody. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we find somebody. Right. Uh, and this is the case, again, for all, any agency. Yeah, um, I mean, you're sharing some really intimate stuff. Right. You know, when you're in that room with that individual. And, and we're all humans. I mean, I, you may not click with, you know, any number of people. So, I mean, there's always that chance you're not going to click with that, with that counselor. And they people, yeah, yeah, they always have the right you know, to, to, to switch and find someone that... Well, and here we are talking about being in a room with somebody, and right now that's not the case. Um, a question was asked, I don't know if you were on the call, but um, people are asking about reopening and what does that look like for each agency. Um, and I think for the behavioral health world, that really hasn't... We never really closed down. We never stopped providing services. We changed the way we deliver those services uh, for safety of our employees and the safety of uh, those who we serve. But... We're using telephones. We're using video conferencing. Um, we aren't turning anybody away, certainly. Um, and crisis is still uh, walk-in uh, mm-hmm. during regular business hours. Then we yeah. have our 24-hour crisis line. Um, but we really ha- we're not reopening. We never really closed. Um, so I think some people also thought that when everything got shut down, that we were also shut down. My point being, though, um, we're seeing more people being comfortable talking on the phone rather than video. Um, I don't know the exact breakdown of that age-wise. I would assume that younger folks and that, like, you know, teenage to 25-year-old range, and I guess the millennial and, you know, people who grew up with a computer in front of them uh, find that much more comfortable. Uh, Older people uh, may find that a little more uh, alien, a little more comfortable. But what you're doing is... You know, your first encounter with a counselor is going to be either over the telephone or through video conferencing. And that's not the same as being in front of somebody. Um, I think you can learn to, uh, to be comfortable with that. But it certainly will, it could for some people take a couple sessions to feel comfortable with that. Right. Um, but I wouldn't let that get in the way of continuing your treatment or your sessions with your counselor. Uh, because it does become normal. Um, and once you find, I mean, the first couple sessions when you're with a counselor, having gone to counseling myself, is pretty awkward. You're trying to figure out, you have a, a question that you don't know what the answer is. You have, you're looking for tools to, to get through what you're dealing with. If you knew how to do it, you wouldn't have to go there. So you, the first couple sessions is just feeling it out. You're feeling each other out. What can I, you know, can I, if I a normal cusser? Can I cuss in front of this person? <laughs> you know, can I, if I, if I'm, you know, faith-based, am I, is this something that my counselor understands the way that I understand it? Uh, is that a conversation that I can have and, and incorporate in, in what I'm trying to express? Um, all of that is very, very difficult in the first couple sessions, but after a while it starts to become normal and the conversations start to open up and become bigger. Um, and I think that's the same. You're going to find that struggle whether you're meeting in person or whether you're over the phone or whether you're uh, doing video conferencing. I think I think our, our providers have really surprised themselves with how uh, adaptable how adaptable they've been and how quickly they've gotten used to the phone. Um, it's different, but yeah, I, I think they've surprised themselves, and and we're getting generally good feedback from the people we we serve that you know they're they're happy to at least have that opportunity. 
When do you think it's going to change after we've opened up here in Ohio that this avenue of counseling might? We just had that conversation today, actually, uh, at our uh, staff meeting. Um, I think that there's going to be enough public uh, opinion out there uh, that I think we'll see some version of this telehealth stay. Um, it's really hard to argue how this impacts accessibility. Sure. Um, really good example is what we're seeing with our normal no-show rates. You know, just people that make an appointment, don't show up, that happens. Um, so our no-show rates have decreased, like, astronomically because it's a lot easier for people to pick up a phone than it is to try to find a ride, try to find a babysitter, uh, whatever. So that's that's going to be a hard argument to make um, that we should take all of this away when this has really enabled people to get the help they need and get it quick. Yeah, I think <clears throat> what the phone and telephone can sound like it's it's inhibiting access. Um, and and our I guess as a business, we're saying, no, no, it opens up accessibility. Um, it does both. Yeah. Um, because you have the mental part of it, getting like under being comfortable with the, the, the new way of delivery, but also we can now reach people who have been, you know, older folks who may not have transportation available to them or people who, who just don't have transportation available to them at any age. Um, you know, if you live in New Yorksville, uh, Denison area, newcomers town, mm-hmm. you know, Dover, New Philadelphia can be a long way away if you don't have right. the means to get there. And people with um, chronic medical issues, too, you know, that really right. struggle to, to get out of their house with mobility. It's, yeah, I, 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 I would love to see it, you know, come to a point where people have that choice, right. that option. But I think, Jody, your question was, do you see that going away or changing? We're, and uh, this is obviously going to be mandated or, or set forth by the state and how they want to uh, reimburse us or reimburse the agencies for those services. Um, but I think you're seeing a national trend of telehealth and, and uh, incorporating video and telephone uh, interactions in that, un- in that one term um, becoming very much the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have not just local agencies, but you have larger corporations. Um, there's two that I that I'm thinking of one is um, talk help or something like that. There, there's these nationwide agencies that, oh, that yeah. do telehealth um, and they're not necessarily in your area, but they're counselors that you can reach uh, usually paying out of pocket. Um, but people saw, you know, there are people out there who saw that telehealth is a wave of the future. And as younger generation moves up into that middle age and, and older, um, they're going to be very comfortable with that yeah. that technology moving forward. So, uh, as as uh, as a community, as a community of providers, um, this has kind of helped us and forced us to move into the future a little bit with that delivery system. Yeah, there was a push for telehealth even before this. So I, I think that this has been an opportunity to see it. It can work. Maybe right. it's not perfect for everyone. But it can work. I mean, even five years ago, it was, you know, you have to have this special TV. You have yeah. to have this special camera that turns around when you're not using it. That you have mm-hmm. all these, you know, investing thousands of dollars in these video conferencing systems. And now we're just using our phones and computers. Like, <laughs> it's kind of... It's Space just, age stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, 
Barney McFly is going to come around the corner <laughs> any moment now. Um, but it's, it, it's probably long overdue. Um, and again, when you see how many people are, are that we're able to reach uh, now because of this technology and the, and the allowances that we have um, you know, from, from our state and, and federal levels, um, I think it's a good thing. So we have a saying in, in this field, no wrong door. Uh, this, is, this is one more door. That's my opinion. I don't know if the state cares about Gwen Malcolm's opinion, <laughs> but. Well, and I think, you know, we have Mental Health Awareness Month, and it is about education, awareness, decreasing stigma. And you have to wonder, um, just the access to hella health mm. might just make it easier for people. Did you say hella health? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Hella health. <laughs> hell. <laughs> you know, when we talk about how uncomfortable it can be that first yeah. time, um, just even getting used to making a call, seeing, okay, I'm talking to another person. They're allowing me to process what's going on, maybe helping me find a starting place. Uh, it might just assist us in, in decreasing some of the stigma I think and so. the barriers. I think yeah. so, too. Especially, like Mike Miles said, when you talk about the younger generation, um, you know, I have, I have three adult sons, and, like, some of their best friends – are people that they're online, they've, they've never met them face-to-face, sure. but that's normal to them. Um, so, I, yeah, I think this younger generation is going to be A-OK with, oh, and with these with types of service delivery. With your youth-led uh, groups, you see it there, too, where the conversations, you've been at long enough to yeah. see the, the change from even 10 years ago to now that it's not – it's not as weird or goofy as a conversation in the high school level as it was before. Now it's very serious and I think they take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some enthusiasm in fact, uh, to speak more about it and to wrap you know, an arm around a shoulder and be comforting, uh, to see somebody who's struggling with, you know, getting bullied or, um, you know, maybe recognizing that they're not getting, uh, the meals that they need or recognizing that something at home's going wrong. And, and, and I think kids are, way more and you know pop culture has done a lot for that um social media has done a lot for that um a world where school shootings and um terrible acts have have unfortunately propelled the conversation about mental health um and we live in a, a, a you know we can definitely get very down and and uh you know saddened by the state of the world, but you can also see a lot of hope uh, and a lot of good things there too, because of the way re- people react and the way that we're learning uh, to recognize, um, you know, pain in other people um, and and the need for for helping other people too. Yeah, I think at the risk of sounding Pollyanna, there there really can be a silver lining in adversity, and we were talking about this during a recent uh, Zoom meeting we we put on about you know how creative and innovative people have gotten, um, you know, how much they've, they've reached out to other people. Um, and this is, you know, kind of propelled that, um, sometimes it's, it takes adversity to make those hard conversations happen and really drive meaningful change. And, you know, you got to try to find the sunny side. (laughs) So let me throw another question out to y'all. Um, with, just the whole mental health issue. What can someone expect when they reach out to counseling? Just 
I already answered that question. Did you get that already? Yeah, as soon as you say hello, it changes it for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Totals um, opportunity to well, speak I think openly. I, I I've th- talked a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> that that's okay, Miles. We we expected that. <laughs> I think what what uh, people can expect is yeah, individual, but it's also going to be person centered. So it's going to be driven by you. Um, you know, you, you're not going to go into an office with uh, with a with a therapist. And the therapist is going to say, okay, step one, you're doing this. Step two, you're doing that. These are your goals. These are your objectives. It doesn't work like that. Um, You know, it's going to be driven by what you want, what you need, what your strengths are, what your abilities are, what your barriers are. Uh, So that first conversation, there's going to be a a lot of talk about where are you at right now? Where do you want to be? What tools do you have to get there? And what can I do to help? Because really, it's not about us fixing people. It's about helping you fix yourself. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I enhanced what you said, Miles. Um, no, I think I think that's a good point. Um, and I think that happens with with any age, any you know, if it's a substance abuse or or like I said grief, anxiety, depression, or even something that, that's that's more uh, compounded than that. Yeah. I think that applies across the board. I'll tell you what, though, Miles, I know you answer this question well because I've heard you answer this before. How do you know if you need help? I think if you have the thought of, should I talk to somebody? Um, and then you go a couple days and you kind of think about it again and you that's probably the time to start calling somebody. Um, For a lot of the people that that we serve, um, we, we see about, and this is probably a high rounding up of of our population that we see about 70% Medicaid uh, patients. Um, So I think one of the barriers uh, for maybe slightly older people, like uh, say middle-aged folks uh, may have who fall into that qual or that Medicaid uh, uh, area for coverage uh, may have been told at one point that that they don't qualify because they make too much money or because this or that or the other. And ten years ago, that might have been the case. Um, things have changed a lot. Um, the world of Medicaid has opened up for a lot more people in Ohio, um, and I I have a feeling there are. are not a large part of the population, but a significant part of the population who feel, you know, I was told no once before, um, and that's probably how it is now. Yeah. And that's probably not true anymore. No. Um, and in fact, um, at our agency, we, we, you know, we take everything. Uh, we take private insurance. We take Medicare. We take Medicaid. Um, we take nothing at all. We take nothing at and all. it's a sliding fee scale. Yeah, we have a sliding fee scale, uh, so you can pay cash, um, services and it's based off of your income and your household occupancy um, in a lot of cases it becomes very affordable um, so anybody can come in um, you know, one of the things we always say we have there's people in suits and there's people in, in gym shorts there's people there's all kinds of people coming through front yeah, door yeah. Um, you know it's it's a mental health doesn't care how much money you make no. um, and that's that's how we build our business and our mission is based on that I don't care what you come in and just come in. Cause I, I think that's the, 
that's the problem with, with mental health is most people that we see walk through our doors waited far too long to finally make that, that step. Um, you know, you, you asked, someone asked in the very beginning, what, what do we want to see as our, our ideal result of, of Mental Health Awareness Month? I want people to feel as comfortable coming to see a counselor or a psychiatrist as they would going to see their primary care doctor. Um, you know, you don't wait until your spleen's exploding to go see your, your family doctor. I don't feel quite right. I'm going to the doctor. Right. Um, I want it to be like that for mental health. The brain is a part of your body. It gets sick too. And it, it shouldn't be held separate uh, as, as some unthinkable uh, occurrence. Oh, my gosh, you know, there's something wrong with me mentally. I can't take that step. That's what I want to see. Yeah. We get a lot of people, too. Um, sometimes people don't always recognize it in themselves. Um, sometimes other people are recognizing it um, in their loved ones. Like a, a wife may say to a husband or whatever the situation may be, somebody you live close with, um, may bring up the subject to you and say, you know, are you feeling okay? You, yeah. You've been down for a couple of weeks now, and it's it's kind of kind of worrying me. Um Sometimes I think we get blind to ourselves a little bit. Oh, 100%. It's hard to see. I'm in 100% denial all the time. I think people think, I know myself. (laughs) Most people don't. They don't know themselves very well. So, yeah, sometimes it takes another person to. Yeah. So we get a lot of people who call in asking about what services we provide. We're visiting our website and uh, following up with questions about what services are available, uh, not just for themselves, but uh, for a loved one. one. Um, And, And we get a lot of people that come in that that first visit Oh, what brings you here? Oh, my wife told me I had to come. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a couple sessions down the road, they're, they're there because they want to be there. Um, so sometimes those first steps can be rocky. That's okay. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. And most people find, find a, a lot of reward in it once they take those steps. Well, um, one of the top, I know I'm asking a lot of questions and probably answering it myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's a one-man show. Yeah, you guys can go whenever. Um, <laughs> they, um, one of the hot topics or one of the more popular topics, um, and, and I think we had some really uh, tragic events that aligned with the beginning of the shutdown uh, that made people uh, ask, is are suicide rates on the, on the rise or on the increase? Um, and I still think that the data is kind of out on that. Um, again, it was sparked by, by a couple events that happened very close to each other, uh, in the time, in, in time, like within a span of two or three weeks. Uh, and it was, it was you know, a terrible, terrible time. Uh, just seemed like every day you wake up and it was something else. Um, but I think that, that started the mindset that suicide rates are on the rise. Um, again, I don't know if the data is there to back it up yet, um, but, um, I think it's something that, that Gwen, you can talk to or yeah. talk on a little bit about um, what it looks like or how do you recognize um, those, those so, signs. So and whether they're, they're on the rise or, or not, or whether this is directly related to, to the pandemic or not, you can't ignore that what we're seeing right now um, in terms of people being isolated, uh, that breaking of human connection and relationship, uh, possible loss of income, loss of job, loss of status, 
Um, all of those are the red flags that, that we're looking at when we're assessing suicide risk. So that's undeniable right there, that, that these are some really significant risk factors. Um, you know, fear of, of losing loved ones, fear of sickness. Um, you know, those are all things that, that we're evaluating when we're, we're <coughs> thinking about risk. Um, so, you know, we, we have risk factors and then we have protective factors uh, so people that have uh, strong connections with loved ones, people that have uh, good coping skills, um, you know, the absence of those things means even more risk. So, um, you know, everyone responds to stress differently, uh, but certainly if, if you see these things in a loved one, someone who's, whose mood is, is changing, behavior is changing, um, increased substance use, giving away prized possessions, researching death, any of these things, uh, take it seriously. Um, it's always okay to ask someone, are you all right? Are you okay? Are you thinking about suicide? Um, that's one of those old misconceptions that you can't ask that question because you're going to plant the seed in their head. Um, that's, that's baloney. It doesn't work like that. Um, worst case scenario, they're going to laugh at you and say, no, I'm not suicidal. Uh, but what if, what if they are thinking that? And, and you don't ask that question. That's not something a lot of people are just going to volunteer. Um, so it's, it's worth it to ask. Absolutely. But I think time will tell, you know, what, what we really see in terms of data uh, in the suicide uh, rates rising. Yeah. I think if you are that person asking the other person, um, that puts you in a position as well. That's very stressful, um, increased anxiety and, and fear. Um, and I think you can't ignore uh, yourself in that situation too. While that person may be dealing with something and may be resilient to seeking help, um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't also try to find somebody for yourself. Right. That's some heavy. That's a heavy burden. It is. Uh, to bear. And again, nobody is born with that coping tool uh, yeah. to handle that. And, and there are people out here in the community, incredible amount of resources in this community who are ready to help uh, and ask questions or at least direct you, direct you uh, to places that can answer those questions for you. Well, real quick, how does that work then too, like with a loved one? So you're saying your loved one, you know, you could ask them the question, they could seek help or you could seek help or guidance, but mm -hmm. can you go together? Can yeah. you yeah. Yeah. Say, tell somebody I'm going to come that. with you? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's something we really encourage. You know, we get a lot of people calling, uh, loved ones calling saying, you know, I know my husband needs to see somebody, but he's really reluctant. Come with them if that helps. Um, bring his dog if that helps. I don't care. You know, just... Uh, whatever it takes to get that person uh, in the door. But, yeah, um, absolutely, go with, go with them if that's what it takes. So, Miles and Gwen, um, just kind of want to throw that out there. What if this crisis happens off hours, late at night, uh, you get a call for someone, what do you tell someone to do? Well, it kind of depends on what the situation is. If we're talking imminent risk, um, you know, someone, God forbid, has a gun, has a knife, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna get nine one one involved, um, but if this is someone uh, who's you know not at imminent risk, but there's there's some genuine concern, 
uh, we have a couple different options based on where that risk level is. So um, it may be getting them to the emergency room, um, it may be calling an ambulance, um, or it may be getting them in the very next day for an outpatient appointment with one of our therapists. Um, there's a lot we can do. And that guidance um, and, and that, that you know, kind of monitoring, gauging where that risk is, that's available 24-7 to people. Um, so if call. someone calls, first give the crisis line. But if they call the crisis line, who's on the other end? What might someone expect? Um, well, we have trained uh, behavioral health uh, professionals that are answering that line 24-7. Um, so they're all trained in uh, basic mental health, substance use, uh, lethality, and risk assessment. Um, they're very knowledgeable about local resources, not just what we have at our agency, um, but also what's, uh, what's out there. Um, and they're, they're great uh, for just support. You know, we have a lot of people that, that call that they're not in crisis, they just need someone to talk to. Um, they just need a warm, friendly person to let them know they're not totally alone in the world. Sure. Um, so it can really function as, as a hotline, and we call it a warm line sometimes too. So it's, yeah, got a lot of different functions or just information. You know, in the sure. middle of the night, you, you want to know, hey, what, what's out there for, for this particular issue? They can, they can clue them in. Phone numbers? 330-343-1811. That's for Tuscarawas County. That's for Tuscarawas County. And uh, 330-627-5241 for Carroll County. They both nice. ring into our Dover office. but Nice. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we wanted to come in today and, and honored to be the first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you guys did. Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope you're going to get your, uh, what your casper mattress uh sponsorship out of this or whatever they are for podcasts. yeah purple yeah purple is that yeah. what you want yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take one of those too i just got a helix they're pretty good too oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the purple channel yeah. so we'll just <laughs> yeah we need to get your sponsorships up benson's is a good one too good yeah. salad yeah yep. um no i appreciate you having us come in and and i know we came in with with a really loose idea of a conversation that we wanted to talk no, about. No, but it's something that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys did. Um, I'm glad you wanted to do this. I'm happy to do it again. If there's more information you want to provide at a later date. Sure. Uh, if anybody reaches out and has questions to you guys that you're like, hey, that's that's some important stuff we want to come back in and fill in. We can do that too. Um, I mean, key takeaways from this conversation. Um, if, if you think you need to talk to somebody, you, you should, and you can. You're, you're probably already at the point yeah. that you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. And and if you're worried about, well, what if they, maybe they can't help me. They can. Mm -hmm. You have all sorts of resources. Yeah. We just talked about all of them. Um, no matter what it is, no matter in what way they need help, it can happen. It can happen. And it call and, and ask. We can talk about talking about getting mm -hmm. help if that's what needs to happen. Uh, that's yeah. a great point. I didn't even think about that. So if you're just wondering, what, what do I do? Yeah. Call in and ask and... Somebody will help you figure out right. what, yeah, we what have steps to take to CMH. And, and if you call in asking about uh, resources in the community, we have uh, a care coordinator who operates kind of like a, like he's an all time quarterback for case management. Right. Yeah. Um, and king of all resources, king of all resources. He knows them all. Yeah. And uh, that person can help you. His name's Mitch. Uh, you call in and, and he can help fill in you know, if there's uh, questions about food, clothing, uh, transportation, um, 
utility payments, those kinds of things that you might be asking, like, I don't know exactly where to call. That's a call you can make too. Um, but I think if you call, and I just want to be careful, like we're here, you know, we're employees of CMH, but these resources, that phone call be, can be made to just about any agency and any agency would be prepared to at least fun you, funnel you to the something closer. So if you don't get the answer you're looking for right away, make sure you ask, do you have somebody else that you could recommend to call? You know, if it's not us, if, it, if, it's, if it's somebody out there, um, you know, I think everybody's pretty prepared. And I think that's what makes this community pretty amazing. Um, I think, you know, right now we're not sitting around uh, each month um, in our meetings, the Anti-Drug Coalition, the Opiate Task Force, uh, or Addiction Task Force, whatever it is now, yeah. um, Healthy Tusk, you know, that we have all these bigger meetings where sometimes 30 agencies are represented. And to think that there's 30 agencies all providing unique services uh, to to Tuscross County and Carroll County uh, is remarkable uh, for a, for a county our size and as isolated as we are. You know, if you look at the map, Tuscross County and Carroll County kind of sit out in the middle of nowhere. We're not Cleveland. We're not Columbus. We're not Pittsburgh. We're not. Uh, we got I more guess going I should show Youngstown doesn't. I don't <laughs> know if Youngstown fits into that anymore. Um, <laughs> sorry, Youngstown. Well, it goes back to that no wrong door. So I think you can start yeah. your journey just about anywhere, and we're so interconnected you're going to get to where you need yeah. to go. Yeah. And we all play well together, the agency. We do. So, um, do. you know, it's, I think we're all very quick to say, Hey, this, this agency has this, you know, right. give them yeah. a call or reach out. And, yeah. And, and I've definitely noticed that uh, in my time working with, you know, you guys and some of the other agencies as well as sometimes we're all in this together. Yeah. yeah. You really, share the you are pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, if this conversation about mental health has, um, you know, resonated. Uh, if you're looking for more information, you're listening to this. I mean, Jody has done the Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. There were two episodes recently um, about mental health. Miles was a feature on there. Excellent. So if you enjoy listening to Miles' voice, uh, nice get, voice. Some, get some more of him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I'll throw out again, just on Mental Health Awareness Month. This is a great opportunity. Um, I think May 2020, we will know this is uncharted waters for all of us. There's no one that has not experienced loss through this. I mean, it's, it's affected just, everybody. It really yeah. has. So I just want to encourage people, you know, take this opportunity to, to acknowledge those feelings you might be having. And if you're finding you're spinning a little bit, things are a little bit off. I, I love what Miles said. If you're saying, hey, should I talk to someone? If you're listening to this and going, man, you know, I'm just a little bit off, you know, take that opportunity to make a call to See if this might be a good fit, a good opportunity just to kind of, you know, find a little bit of balance in the middle of this. And and I think that's a really great way to just take advantage of Mental Health Awareness Month that we're hearing about these resources. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Right. If you wonder if your problem is too small to talk about, it's not. No problem too small. It's not too small. Or too big. Right. I mean, right. It, it's not going to scare us. <laughs> All right. Well... Unless you guys have anything to add. Um, uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to, to yes, get the word out and awesome. talk a little bit more about this. Um, you know, we, we've always, you know, have quick radio spots and, and you, know, you have 30 minutes to get everything you want to say and, and to have this platform to just kind of have a little breath in between thoughts and, and uh, be a little more candid with, with how we respond to questions uh, is, is really the way that uh, – 
we connect best with people that we serve, um, both on you know when we're out in the world trying to educate people and also when they come in and are seeking services. Uh, so I think this this platform um, really fits into what uh, what we try to do and how we provide those services. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Gwen and Miles, for coming in to have this discussion. And Jody, thanks for jumping in. Sure thing. I uh, really that's appreciate your input. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's it, we'll wrap this up. Thanks again, and we'll talk to everybody soon. All right. Thank thanks, you. Josh. Thank you. All right. That was a powerful conversation. That's exactly the kind of conversations that we need to be having. Um, I'll just start by saying that there's definitely misconceptions yeah. out there about mental illness. I think it's important to remember what Gwen told us. Um, you know, she said, when your body gets sick, you go to the doctor to get it fixed. Yeah. Right. And then your brain is part of your body. So when your brain gets sick, you go get it fixed, go to the doctor. Um, you know, we should all be, be thinking that way. Well, that was, that's one of my biggest takeaways is the fact that there's a difference between mental health and mental illness. Do you know, like I, I kind of equate it to, um, you know, your physical health. So if you have a chronic illness, you have to, you know, take medication on a regular basis to keep that, um, keep whatever is out of balance in balance where, or you just get the sniffles or you get sick or you get to catch the flu or, or whatever. That is a, a sickness and it's temporary and it may need a little bit of, it may need you go to the doctor, get some extra or if it's antibacteria, you know, kind of a medication that can bring all that back together. So that's how I, my biggest takeaway is the fact that there is a difference between mental health and a mental illness and that we have to focus on that because I think there's a lot of people who suffer from that category of the smaller uh, temporary things or life situations that we can we can learn from sure like in your physical health so you you know you get a cold yep. you get the sniffles you got a runny nose or you're sneezing coughing for a couple of days um, but the same sort of bacteria or virus or whatever might affect a different person worse and they might get a full blown upper respiratory infection and, right. and they're out, you know, they need to be on medication for two weeks to, to right. get better. So it affects everybody differently. Mental health is no, or mental illness is no different. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's so important because, you know, not everyone might be affected by mental illness, but everyone needs to be aware and knowledgeable about mental health because just because you're not going through it doesn't mean that's your friend isn't and you need to be aware of warning signs and different things like that to really be able to understand what they're going through and possibly help them along in the journey yeah and anxiety and stress yeah. right I mean those are kind of those I guess when they talk they're talking about mental illness on the larger scale right the the big uh, disorders that you can be diagnosed with but anxiety and stress I mean I deal with that stuff every day yeah we all do yeah on some level right Right. And, and it's not only, like I said, it's not the big stuff. It's not always the big stuff. It's the small stuff that kind of piles on top of each other that if we don't deal with it. So for instance, uh, you look at like antibodies in your body and like your immune system. Okay. So if you have a weak immune system, you could get sick a little easier. So it's, it's things you have to do to help get, keep yourself healthy mentally. So you may need to go see a doctor and, and get some tips on how to deal with stress or, or talk to somebody, call somebody. I know there's a lot of hotlines that you can call and there's a lot of, uh, you know, stuff that we talked about in the show that there are resources available to yeah. build your mental immune system. So you can, you know, that way when stress comes upon you or when things or situational things in life that hit you, you have some some defense 
to that. And, and I think it's, I think it's important for everybody to have those kind of tools in their back pocket. Um, and that these organizations around, uh, our area are offering, uh, these resources for. Yeah. One of the coolest parts that they talked about was you don't have to just pick up the phone to call for help. You can pick up the phone and call somebody to ask, what should I do to get help? You, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to start that journey right away. You can call somebody and just say, what do you think I should do? Yeah. Is this, what, what kind of uh, situation am I dealing with here? Who should I talk to? You can just get guidance on that to start. Yeah, no, <clears throat> I think that's good. And like you kind of talked about, a lot of people think of the high-end um, stuff. Like I know they had talked about in the show, like a lot of people think of like schizophrenia and that sort of stuff. And they negate the anxiety and depression. And, um, you know, I went through that struggle in my own life. I have a younger brother who had a lot of uh, mental illness, behavioral issues. And um, growing up in that, I mean, we spent time at community mental health, sitting in the waiting room to talk to doctors for him and Um, My whole family went through counseling with all of that. But then I hit college, you know, I just graduated college and learning how to cope with anxiety. It felt like you couldn't talk to anyone because you think that um, mental health is for those big cases. You don't think it's for you, even in the small stuff, what appears to be small. Right. Yeah. And Miles said it best in the interview. If you are ever asking yourself, is my problem too small to ask for help? Then the answer is most likely, no, your problem's not too small. And yes, you should ask for help. Yeah, and there is no shame in that. Not at all. There's no shame in that because you you have to, again, I I keep equating it back to your physical health. You know, you you keep yourself healthy. You you have regimens. You take vitamins. You do types of things like that. Uh, So why wouldn't you do the same thing for your mental health? It's just your body goes through so much, uh, especially in today's age where, you know, we're going through a time in our history that is affecting everybody. Um, not, not just the, the small majority. So if they're a minority, sorry, but it, it's affecting the majority of us and we have to understand and be okay with talking about, you know, I'm just not feeling good today. Like there's something off and it's not because I have the sniffles and it's not because I feel cold coming on. Like there's something I feel down today and it's okay to talk about that. And that's what I love about um, the resources that are available and what these guys have been talking about is that please call We're here and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And I, one thing that was really cool, um, they talked about um, how difficult it can be for somebody to work up the, the courage or whatever, whatever's holding you back to actually walk through the door at a facility. Yeah. Well, this pandemic has actually opened up a different door, and that is telehealth. Right. So they've really right. seen more people utilizing telehealth. One, because you have to, but it's people that uh, wouldn't come through the door, you know what I mean, right. normally. So, But now that they have the telehealth option, more people that do need to make a phone call are doing that. Right. And it, it's a bit safer, I guess. If you do have anxiety about going in and, and talking about your anxiety, you know, that is a great option for people to utilize. Yeah, it's kind of like a foot in the door, kind of gets you equated to it and uh, understanding how it's going to go. And, and then they can explain to you and help you realize that it's not bad to ask for help and everybody has to ask for help at some and point. And the people that don't have transportation to the facility. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a, another avenue for them, which I think is is wonderful. Yeah, and I hope I, it continues. When I think you said in the in the show too that people are keeping their appointments. Yeah. They, they don't have yeah. an excuse as much to uh, you know that life ca- comes at you. You know that you know you can't 
you can't get to the office. Well, that is an awesome. I'm I'm glad that uh, we have adapted uh, to this quickly, and we ha- the, these great organizations are pulling this together and still being able to offer the same quality of care uh, remotely over the phone, and that it is awesome. Yeah. And another, you know, maybe one of our final key points here that we'll talk about, um, the effects of the mental health effects of this pandemic will continue for years. You know, they could open everything back up tomorrow and say everything's back to normal the way it was, but it doesn't change what has happened to people during this time. So I think that's important for people to remember um, the effects of this on, on young children, who have seen things and been, you know, I, I know my neighbors, you know, he said that his children have been worried. You know, they're younger. They don't really understand exactly what's going on, but they know that this is a serious situation. Things are getting closed down. We're not in school anymore. Uh, that's never happened to them before. And, it's, you know, as a child, you do. You get scared. Yeah. So you don't know what kind of psychological effects that will have moving forward. How many people are going to be timid, worried about, well, when does this happen again? Am I going to lose? Do I continue to invest after this? What, where do I put my money? Am I right. going to lose it? You know, right. so there's a lot of stress and anxiety that's going yeah. to continue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I have three kids myself. So it, the, uh, the social interaction that is missing mm-hmm. right now is, is huge. Now I know we have the virtuals. I know that, but th- there is the element of kids just being kids and, and playing together. So, you know, and that's the thing is I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional, uh, as far as mental health is concerned, but I can see the effects that it's had on my kids as far as interactions and missing that with their friends. And, you know, it's important to notice that and ask questions and continue to say, Hey, how are you? Like, you know, how's your mental health? It's okay to talk about it. And if we, if we get that into the kids now, I think that as they grow, they'll be able to say, okay, it's okay to talk about my feelings. It's okay to say, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling up right now. Cause I think people feel guilty about not feeling up all the time. It's like, well, I have everything I need. Maybe like, you know, I've done, I have, okay. I mean, my house is here. I'm still living, you know, it's good. Uh, why do I feel so bad? You know what I mean? And I think that I think people may feel that guilt and it's like, well, it's just an off day, but Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. This, you know, right. I, I, yeah, like you said, and yeah, just like, you know, get over it kind of thing. And I think that's just a horrible way to, to approach that. And I think, yeah, this is just admit to that and just say, you know what, I'm just going to reach out. I'm going to reach out and find out what's going on. I think we're so in the habit of saying we're good. Like if I came in and was right. like, Oh, how are you? Like, Oh, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. And you feel like you can't say otherwise. Like it's like the automatic response should be good. You can't, right. you're not allowed to say anything else. And, and you're almost afraid because you don't want the pity. And it's like, you're not at, you're not telling them to get their pity. You're telling them because you just need to talk to someone about it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's a lot to do too. I think with trusting the people you're around too. I mean, you know, if I walk in and, and you ask me, Hey, how's it going today? And I'm struggling with something. I mean, I, I do feel comfortable to say, yeah. you know, I'm actually struggling right now with some things. And if I want to talk about it, I feel like I could tell you what those things are. And so I guess my message to people listening would be, be the type of person that another person can trust. Right. Because you, you're going to need somebody to trust too at some point. Right. So I think that's very important. Yeah, that was really good. Awesome. So, all right. So any last points for this conversation? Um, oh, I think, I think this is a great first uh, kickoff episode to get level sessions. And yeah, we're really excited about this. This yeah. is going to be a good show. 
Um, you know, this will not be a weekly show. Um, there's not going to be any kind of time schedule for this. This is going to be when, when somebody needs to talk, we're here to share the message. Yeah. Like a variety show. I like it. Yeah. Like it. It's yeah. not, yeah. Not the same all the time. It's something different every time. So love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Kyle, Caitlin, very glad to have you guys working with me on this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of good conversations going to be coming out of this. Awesome. So stay tuned and look for the next episode of the Get Level Sessions.